Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the podcast that is full of RPG jargon and maybe every once in a while a little bit of tomfoolery. My name is Zach and my hosts joining me, as always, are Troy Sandlin and the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Lolly ho. Lolly ho. <laughs> no, how the hell to respond to that? Get you the, oh man, I'll, I'll just—I'll never expect what it is no, that's going to come you out. Just of never know. I, never I, may, I, may, I may bring the yodel back. I didn't oh, want to scare Mark. Floored. It was like you actually said yeah. it right this time. I, I didn't want. I didn't like, want. Did Troy have a? Stro- do you have a stroke? Yeah, he did. I yes. smell burnt toast. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to scare Mark with the uh, the yodeling. So <laughs> no, I just I figured it. Plus, we save those for ourselves, don't we? Yeah. 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 So today uh, is the uh, is the next in the lineup of creator interviews that we're doing uh, in preparation for Zine Month, Zine Quest, and whatever you call February these days. Um, today, our guest is Mark Starr. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. Lolly ho. Hey. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> He's got it figured out already. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, you reached out to me on uh, Facebook. You, uh, we chatted a little bit. You signed up. Um, I went over and had a peek. Uh, you've got a project that's uh, going to be funding on Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that I am excited to talk about with relation to this project. But before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And um, you were you were leading in with maybe a little fascinating tidbit. I don't know if you want to share or not. This, in the pre-show, you said uh, that uh, you had a little story about your first foray into D&D uh, uh, being construed with a satanic cult. If there's a story there, you feel free to slide that into your bio. Yeah. Uh, my parents kept this to themselves until I was much older, but they revealed to me later that when I was playing D&D as a little kid, they were convinced that I was being recruited into a satanic cult. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So they're, my they're good parents that they let you explore that by yourself without actually have, having to intervene. <laughs> so, yeah. They, they were good parents. They, they did not try to stop me from joining this satanic cult. And I was free to pursue the dark side as, as I, as I chose. Uh, I can hear your dad consoling your mom right now. It's okay, baby. Satanism is just a phase. It's okay. okay. A boy has to get through it. It's okay. They they are so proud. (laughs) Um, but this is my first uh, RPG zine. Not my first zine. Um, back in the 90s, um, when zines were uh, a huge thing, and there was everything from punk rock zines to you name it, and it was uh, uh, put out on Fact Sheet 5 every month, I got swept up into that thing, and I made a couple zines, one called Sticky Greens Zine, which was all about music and pot and smoking pot and mm-hmm. uh uh and one called the sinner's bible which was a compendium uh, it was my curation of uh the compendium of weird stuff that i had come across at that time uh, oh, but, but this uh this mirror of malatesto is my first rpg zine and it's uh I've been wanting to contribute to uh, the community for um, a while. I just didn't know um, 
what I was going to do and what it was going to be. And um, uh, right around the beginning of the pandemic, I saw a billboard or a poster for a TV show called Salem. Mm -hmm. And that just got me thinking, how cool would it be to create a world in that kind of atmosphere of the Salem witch trials where um, there was this enormous amount of paranoia going on in, in regards to anything that was remotely magical. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead of this being about, um, and, and there was also the, 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 the whole witch burning craze that was going on in Europe and, and that goes hand in hand with the Inquisition. And it was this just crazy, crazy uh, 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 time. And mm-hmm. what would it be like to just put players in that kind of atmosphere? But instead of witches, it would be about warlocks and the practicing <laughs> of warlockery. Uh, and <laughs> I like it. And then what if instead of it all being just a paranoid hoax, like it was Mm. back then, what if it was real? What if there really was a network of warlocks Mm -hmm. doing their nefarious deeds? And what would they be conspiring to do? Before I say anything further, I should give a caveat that this should be a GM's only conversation because <laughs> it is a bit of a mystery for players to unravel. And I'm probably going to be giving away um, some spoilers. Cool. So, Perfect. Okay. Um, if anyone's listening and they plan on playing as a player, then you will not be able to honestly play the game. There you go. Uh, awesome. But uh, so what would these warlocks be conspiring to do? And in in this setting, they are um, conspiring to give physical form to their otherworldly patron so that their otherworldly patron can take form in the physical plane and lord over uh, the material plane, have dominion over the real world. So right. that, is, that is what the, the warlocks are conspiring to do. And I'm putting... Players in this world, um, and it um, there, there there are two uh, um, parallel narratives. There are there is the global narrative, which is the warlocks um, conspiring to do their deed, and then there's the um, the individual, the the players narrative, where they are doing their own thing, which may or may not. Um, work hand in hand with this global narrative, which continues and goes on regardless of what the PCs do. Mm. So um, for this, uh, for Mirror of Malatesto, it's actually based on this awesome story in this old sword and sorcery digest called um, The Mirror of Cagliostro. And The Mirror of Cagliostro um, is a story about, I don't know how he made the mirror, but Cagliostro was trapped inside of it. His spirit was trapped inside of it. And he would uh, lure people to the mirror 
entrance them and these people would leave their bodies, get trapped in the mirror, and then he would abduct their bodies and go carousing in the world in their bodies. Hmm. And then return when they were when he was done, murder, mayhem, carousing, he would return to the mirror, trade places, and these people would be have, having to face the consequences of his deeds. So hmm. that is the sort of the gist okay. of the mirror of Malatesto. That's awesome. I, I am it. It's uh, it's chunky. It is yeah, chunky. Yeah. It's really <laughs> chunky. It's <laughs> yeah, you got well. You got like you're you're planning on seventy pages, and you've got a yeah. lot that's in there uh, based on what you, yeah. you handed off to us. You've got you got ten maps. Ta- you got tables. Twenty four statted out NPCs. Thirty three monsters and foes. Twenty six items. Twelve spells. It's dense. There's a lot that's yeah. in there. You know, it's like I, was, a, I was originally planning on doing a full setting, and then it just got too overwhelming and so i thought you know something let me just let me just focus on um as as small a piece of this as i can and just complete something complete like an adventure and and make it sort of an introduction and so i had all of this stuff so already that had that had been i've been working on for two years so i just kind of packed it in as much as i I could give people as as much to work with as that as i could Mark, that we need to sit on that for a moment. That is a really smart thing, and I want to. I want to point if, if you know we're we're live here in the RPG Zine Facebook group, but we're also you know podcasting. Whoever's listening, if you're looking or if you're putting together a project, Mark's doing it in my opinion, absolutely the right way. Starting small and getting something done is mm-hmm. huge because there is. You know, I, uh, I'm not the expert on this, but but there is something to where once you finish a thing, no matter how small it is, like achieving that again is exponentially mm-hmm. easier, right? Like if mm-hmm. you if you write a 70 page book, 70 pages is nothing anymore to you to some extent, right? You you know that can happen, and so there's always that momentous climb to the to the thing that you have not reached yet. But then once you have attained it, it's like next. Now, when you do a two hundred page book, the first seventy pages, like I know how to do that. It's really now, it's just that hundred and thirty yeah. page extra or whatever, right? Like, it's just really useful, and it's also useful for. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I promise, Mark, I'll give it back to you. But it's just really useful for, like, also if you're a indie creator, you're a self publisher. Like, there's so many bugs to work out right Mm -hmm. uh when you're creating from hiring artists to editing to layout to printing your book or finding where you're going to print the book and pdf setup and distribution like all of these things and guess what it's way easier to do that on a very small scale than to say i'm going to put out a i'm going to put out a whole you know player's guide and setting and monster manual and everything and it's going to be awesome and i'm going to order a thousand of each i'm going to have them distributed all over the world like your chances are it's not going to work out for you yeah. in the perfect way that you imagine. So uh, anyhow, that got me excited. Well, but I don't think it's easy to get overwhelmed by it. You know, yeah, right. like you have like I've got too much now, right? In your head, well, it can be so much. Well, now it has to be so much. It has to be that thing, and then like kind of carving it down to its bare components, or even like targeting one thing is can still be overwhelming because you still see in your periphery all these other things that you still want to end up doing so that's a that's a disciplined approach to doing it it's not it's, i wouldn't say it's even the easy path necessarily i think that that's 
it's equally difficult to hone in on one particular thing that you want to focus on and then just do it and get it out of the way. Go ahead, Troy. I, I want to, I also want to applaud you for like, you know, realizing, Oh, this is a lot of work. I got overwhelmed and I wanted it, but I wanted to do something. But, uh, I also listened to the Sly Flourish podcast hmm. with, with, with Mike Shea. And he was talking, uh, uh, somebody had wrote him, and asked him, you know, how do I how do I get my setting published? I have this huge setting. I have all these books and I have all these things. And he, Mike, made a really good point. And it's like, what does your setting do? What does your setting say that the other four hundred that are already out there and published don't? Yes. If it doesn't bring anything new to the table. Why are you going to create this giant, massive body of work that may or may not get off the ground? Now, I will say, I think yours has something very interesting to say that a lot of the others probably don't. But that's not to say that this is, a, a, I think, a smarter approach. You give the people this, mm -hmm. and you hand it off to them, and they go through this mirror of Malatesto, and they get to the end, and it's like, well, what's next? Yes. Then you can hand them to the next part and then the next mm -hmm. part. And you can yes. give them this this whole setting that you had in 70-page chunks, if you wish. And, and you can release that setting and get these people in to where you wanted them to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. But you've done it uh, insidiously. Almost. You refer to this as Malefic Book Zero. Yeah. Not even yeah. one. This is the <laughs> prequel. So this is the prequel. Right. So if we're not like I'm not I'm going to forecast a spoiler, but not actually know this what the spoiler is, but I would assume that by the end of this, you're like, that's all just the setup. Yeah, now here's the, the adventure. Which is yeah. brilliant. And this really is perfect. It is perfect. And I and I and I hope a lot of other people out there that, that want to be creators listen to that. And realize I don't have to make the world. Mm -hmm. I just have to make this one spot that makes people hungry. I'll feed them the world one bite at a time. And that was the, such an interesting thing about Mark Borg, too. I mean, even though they gave a whole world, it was so stripped down. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that was one of the great appeals to it. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. it was so stripped down. The, the idea of presenting an entire kingdom on a page and, and <laughs> half that page being graphic, right, is, yeah. is uh, I was just having a conversation with another creator about that. And they're like, I didn't realize that it could be that tight, like that could be a setting, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a really well presented setting. So uh, that, that, that brings me to the thing I was going to uh, uh, yell at you about. Uh, next, which is you are promoting this as a 5e and OSR uh, adventure. What does that mean to you? Um, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be uh, two separate books. There's going to be a okay. 5e version and an OSR version. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. Completely completely separated. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I I I'm I'm a masochist. <laughs> uh, but I I, I, I do I, I like the I like 5e rules I, I, I play 5e and I, and I enjoy it but I think that but I also come from an uh, old school background 
And I think that this um, setting in this story kind of fits more with an OSR crowd. Mm -hmm. So mm. I was torn what to has do. The vibes for it. Yeah. It has the vibes for it. It's, it is visceral. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the imagery that you're using, like in the, the kit that you sent over to us, the imagery is absolutely it's it's stunning. Like that, the, I love the cover. I love the cover art and the inclusion of uh, you know just like like a teaser map that's incorporated into it. You know, just kind of get to, to wet the palette. Uh, let me ask you this: um, Tell me about that process. I'm curious. Like the which did you start with first? Did you start with five E? Did you start yes. with OSR? And which one did you, go ahead? Five E's first. OSR has not been finished yet. Five mm -hmm. E is completely finished. How do you feel about the differences between the two when it comes to, to breaking down the mechanics and uh, incorporating that into the story? Um, well, I don't think the story is going to be affected by it mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and <sighs> it's not a balanced game to begin with either. So I, I'm not, so I didn't, I, you know, I didn't like take a, I didn't start with an OSR and then have to balance it for 5e. The 5e one's not balanced. It, it's, it's perilous. Mm. Um, I'm in. <laughs> Very cold million of you, by you the have, way. You have me sold already. If you didn't before, you have me sold now. <laughs> How are how are fourth level characters going to face off against a Tarask? That's none of my business. I don't know. It's not my problem. It's there. It's theirs. What for me? If 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 they want that sword, they're going to have to send someone. Um, they're going to have to send someone very sneaky in to get it. Sacrifice your body. And they're going to be very lucky to run fast enough to that that pathway that that the that the Abeleth can't get through. I love I love the imagery. By the way, just thank you. Go get it, man! Just go get it. I don't want to go get it. They just, you just all you see is like the camera, like angle straight on, and then he like Benny Hill runs from one side of the screen to the other, snatches up the sword, and he's and the Abelith is right behind. Oh, and yeah. the thing is, if they were clever enough to get the ring out of the reliquary, then um, they really need to get that sword because they get they're paired. So, <laughs> oh, that's. Bastardly. Oh, I like it. I love that's actually not a bad idea at all. A magic item that requires two pieces in order to operate and they're on completely different sides of the map. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yes. If they're clever enough to get the ring in the first place. If, well, you know. right. well, so uh let's see. So the Mirror of Malatesta will be on Kickstarter. That 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 and we've mentioned that already. Um do you have a do you have a, a launch date in mind for this? So it will launch February first and um I think it's going for 19 or 20 days. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming both digital and print, or are you focused on one or the other? Um, yeah, there will be a PDF. Cool. Um, cool. And I'm actually uh, really excited about two of the artists that I have uh, lined up, assuming that it, it, it funds to that mm -hmm. level. Um, I've got Del Tegler. Um, uh who's done uh, Northwood Adventures um, mm -hmm. for uh, artwork for them and um, and Chris Malik who's done artwork for uh, Old School Essentials so they're both um, ready to uh, to go as soon as I pull the trigger with the funds and um, so I, I hope to take the artwork to the next level with this sweet yeah that's awesome 
I think I'd be remiss to say it. We've we've hinted or alluded at it, but you very much present this as um, this zine is the prequel to a larger what you call um, in the little press release mm-hmm. a trilogy of a story. Yes. Um, so uh, you know, one of the things we talk typically talk about here towards the end of the episode is, you know, where where do you take it from here? Or what's your what's your steps next steps for the project or for your company? And it sounds like we are you already kind of know like there's obviously will there's always changes that happen, but there's there's a mm-hmm. vision in place for for where this can go from here. Yeah, it is um the big picture is a is a three-part trilogy. Uh, the first part does end with the uh, warlocks bringing their otherworldly patron, uh, patron their, uh, the Dragon King, Suminus, to life in this world, and all sorts of horrible things happen as a result. That takes awesome. us into part two. Um, uh, but I'm also considering um, even going smaller and more uh, focused after this. Hmm. And just um, uh, releasing, uh, maybe for free, maybe in a Patreon sort of way, just um, small little elements uh, to just expand the world and mm-hmm. and to uh, just broaden it out piece by piece. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, but also the next step is to do book one, which is the first adventure, which is uh, which is geared to. Um, rope the PCs into the Warlocks plot without them knowing it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. So, okay, so I, I uh, this being the prequel, do the characters that play through uh, the Mirror of Malatesto, are they going to be the ones starting off in book one and going forward, or is this kind of one of those, oh, these are the poor suckers that came <laughs> it, it, can, it can go both ways. It can go okay. both ways. Um, it definitely can go both ways. They, they can absolutely perish and it can um, start over. But the adventure that the, that the first, um, the, the first adventure book one, uh, the, the quest for that is actually what brings the PCs to the, the, the village in the first place. They just don't get to go on it. They get they get they get um, caught up in this in this um, murder mystery that 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 Malatesto is behind. Okay, I got I got two questions. Mm-hmm. One, what's the level range on this? Is are they starting at first level or is this more of an advanced? Um, I uh, my idea was oh, it's definitely low level. Okay, absolutely low level. Okay, yeah. cool. Second question comes from uh, one of our. Uh, audience members how long does it take to set up a storyline like this and trying to consider all the players possibilities and decisions and early death and things like that how how do you how do you map that out or how did you map that out thinking you know oh well right here they could go this way or that way as as the author not as uh, right as the author as the person laying it all out yeah um how do I how do I how do I navigate all the the infinite possibilities that that the characters might have? <laughs> yeah, how long does it, how long does it take you to kind of like figure out which? Because my my response is more like, well, 
I kind of leave the rest of that in the DM's hands. I kind of that's going to be running it. I just want to lay the groundwork. But how deep down those little other rabbit holes and those side passages do you go? Well, I offered a lot of. Um, there are a number of overland locations, and there are a number of um, different PCs. So there's an there's an enormous amount of interactivity that can occur. Um, but and although I I'm I love uh, sandbox and I love infinite possibilities, this particular um, adventure has a definite storyline. Um, so there are elements that um, um, do really sort of push the characters into the temple, push them into the catacombs and get them down into uh, down into that in, into the uh, into the crypt to, to uh, discover the mirror. So it Let sounds like Go ahead, okay. my last point, and then I'll pass it off to Zach. Um, it sounds like, you know, a lot of people say, well, that sounds railroady. It doesn't sound railroady to me. It sounds more like the PCs have accidentally lashed themselves to an out of control runaway wagon. <laughs> and they're, I mean, and they're going, and to me, that's, that's, that's a solid distinction because a lot of people are like, well, you've written this adventure. Because you it, to, to go in step by step by step, it's like, well, well what do you expect? There has to be point A has to lead to yeah. point B, has to lead to point C, and on and on. So, but yeah, it's like, it sounds like these characters that are going to uh, find themselves wrapped up in the mirror of Malatesto are going to get pulled by the nose because they have to. It's like, you're going to get pulled a little bit, but if they are. Um, if they are just like, for instance, just strictly out for profit, they can loot the temple. Yeah. They can loot the temple and and get the hell out of there and go on to whatever world they plan on going to after that and be and be rewarded handsomely for it. They can go down into the into the catacomb and they can loot the hell out of that and <laughs> and sneak out of there with their pockets jangling. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's more. To- the, the railroad argument is always tricky. And I think especially mm-hmm. in things like this, but, but I think the reality, but I think about it like is like, there's, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? I mean, we're all, we've all said that once or twice, but the reality is that we have to make a statement that we're skinning a cat. First of all. <laughs> we're not skinning a dog. We're not skinning a, you know, a pig. We're skinning a cat. And, and in the same way, we're telling a certain type of story here and the way that the PCs maneuver through can, yeah. can vary. Like you just said, from, from thing to th- from thing mm-hmm. to thing. But at the end of the day, the, the, the central theme and the, the things that the NPCs are doing and the villains and the warlocks uh, is, is what pushes the story forward when the PCs aren't sure what to do or when they lose sight. And, 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 and hopefully um, it's a world that, uh, sort of arouses their curiosity enough yeah. that, that they're like, okay, well, you know, I kind of know that you're nudging me in this direction, but like, uh, like what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. I find out. Well, it's like a cat, right? The cat wants to know what's in the box. Yeah. So make sure you put a box out there that's tantalizing enough, that's big enough or small enough to, to gain someone's interest and then have them go down that route. I mean, we see that all the time when we run games for the public. Yeah. Where you know we're given an adventure where it's supposed to, we're supposed to run it similarly 
relatively similarly to everybody else that's up there so that there's this shared narrative that even though if you're at 15 different tables, everyone's kind of understand they all have like the same similar beats are happening in the story. And it's the same bad guy, the same MacGuffin, a couple of different NPCs. So it's incumbent upon to the DM. It's like here you're just presented with the story. Here's everything that's happened so far. Here's the things, here are the things that are going on. Here are the places that you can go. And it's up to you as the DM to then weave those together in the story in a way that makes sense Mm-hmm. And that does it creates the illusion of choice at the very at the, if nothing else for the for the players, and you may end up having to nudge them here and there. Or, but it's not even a nudge, right? Again, it's a it's the carrot or the stick, and you want to use the carrot more often mm-hmm. than the stick because the stick is the most is the more yeah. obvious one yeah. that they're gonna they're gonna notice that. That's whenever it feels like it's railroads, is because you've given them no other choice. You've literally shown them a bumper. Well, this forest is on fire, so you can't go and investigate it right now. Uh, maybe whenever <laughs> it's out, you can come back and you try it again later on. Later, you know, uh, but instead, if you say, you know, you hear a sound or you hear the sound, a scream in the distance, like, well, I wonder what the scream's about. So you can go down that. And it's just, it, it feels like a more natural progression from one point of the, of the story to the next. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully, hopefully it's, um, it's fun for the GM uh, to, to throw their, their players into this world. Sure. I mean, that, that's, that kind of is what I, Think about uh, not just it from a player's perspective. You know, is it fun to yeah. interact with this world? But you know, hopefully, it's it's a it's a fun world for the, the GM to to play and enact. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're we're running towards the end of our time here now. Um, I want to point everybody back towards the Mirror of Malatesto. You can find it on Kickstarter. It goes live February first. Uh, the project creator, Mark Stars, who we've been talking to today. Mark, I want you to uh, to promise me as best you can that uh, in the nearish future, when uh, after Malatesto has been made and you're working on that uh, towards that first book, that you'll come back and have a longer conversation about everything Absolutely. that you got going on there. Absolutely. I, I had a great time with you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, thank awesome. you. It's a pleasure having you. I, I plan well, on finding out just how much fun this uh, Mirror of Malatesto is to run because <laughs> I am going to torture some people with it. I think. I'm going to say, oh, please tell me more about how you brutalize your players. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all ears. Crisscross uh, applesauce sitting on the floor, listening attentively. Uh, Mark has also pointed us, uh, encouraged us to point you in the direction of his Instagram, which is Malefic World, M A L E F I C dot World. Um, there's a lot of uh, preview art up there about what's to come and um, lots of really cool stuff. So uh, definitely worth a follow. Uh, Mark, thanks again. And uh, it's a blast having you on. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.